I kept hearing it last year. If TJ Watt doesn't win defensive player of the year. It's rigged and all this. And, and I just kept imploring the Steeler fans I know, watch one Rams game. And that opinion's out the window. I've never seen a defensive player as good as Aaron Donald. And that, that might be prisoner of the moment. I think he might be the best defensive player that's ever lived. That's our clip. That's our clip there. (laughs) (laughs) What it is, what it do. This is Rambling, your Rams podcast that brings you insight on the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. Pinch me. Am I dreaming or am I planning on heading to Irvine this weekend to cover Rams training camp? I love this time of year. It's been a minute, folks. And I got a great guest to chat with us to talk Rams training camp and beyond. He's an NFL writer for CBS Sports by day and by night, or more like, I don't know, later in the afternoon, he balances his time as an assistant cross-country coach for Pickerington High School. Go Tigers! Uh, Follow him on Twitter, at Brian Diardo. Brian with a Y, of course. Brian Diardo, tell me you're still coaching. You are. What's your record? Like, give me some deets. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. That's right. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you know what? It, we're we're going to be okay. You know, we don't <laughs> use the word rebuild. We use re-reload. So, you know, we'll see what happens. So, actually, my wife went to the rival school. <laughs> They're actually supposed to be a little bit better. So, there's a little bit of in-house rivalry. But I, I think we'll be good. If, if our guys are listening... Hopefully uh, you're listening to this while you're running and yeah. not sitting down eating something, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so I think we'll be okay. Uh, but we'll see, you know, just, just like for the NFL, we're getting into training camp now. So we're currently undefeated. We'll see how long that that record stays intact. <laughs> I love the pre undefeated records. I'm like, yep. I'm undefeated today. It's 834 yep. on a Wednesday. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to it. And unfortunately, we do have to start with some upsetting news. Um, this right. hit yesterday on Tuesday. Rams second year running back Kim Akers suffered a torn Achilles. The team confirmed this on Tuesday. The 2020 second round draft pick sustained the injury while training, according to multiple reports. So, Brian, I just want to get a big picture. Like, how do you think this affects the run game for the team? This was a team who had a spectacular run game last season. But let's not forget, running back Daryl Henderson, who had a really impressive start to last season before sustaining his own injury, he showed up. Um, but it looks like he'll be back and ready to go. We have a few other backups who had sparks in practice and on special teams. Um, may not have had that real playing time to see what they got. But, hey, that's what training camp is for, right? <laughs> exactly. And, then yeah, I think that that – I think sucker punched was the right word for everybody that saw that news late. Yes. Well, on our side was, it was like yesterday morning, but yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you though. I think that because of the Rams approach last year, and I think this is the way all running and I'm a running back guy. I grew up with like Emmitt Smith, Terrell Davis, like you had one running back and he was going to run for 15, 2000 yards, whatever it was. The Rams last year were 10th in rushing, but they dispersed the load with three guys and acres had just one more rushing yard than Daryl Henderson. So I think that that helps the Rams now because McVay has bought into the running back by committee system. Um, and I know that he's come out and already said that, that, you know, pump the brakes on all this narrative that we're going to go out and get a veteran, a Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. They may, but I do think that they do have a good stable of running backs, albeit untested with Xavier Jones, Raymond Calais, Jake Fungo to Sanderson. They all have different skill sets 
I don't know if there's a bruiser among the group, but but they they're all good players. They're just untested, and they all kind of provide their own their own little flavor. I do like Otis Anderson though. He caught a lot of passes in college. Um, you know, shifty kind of guy. And I do think that he could maybe replace some of the things that Akers did in the passing game. But I don't necessarily think that Rams fans should panic because of the stable of running backs and because of the philosophy of we're not going to have a bell cow. We're going to distribute the wealth amongst that group. That's a good point. And by the way, Jake Funk uh, drafted out of Maryland. If he scores any touchdown, they're going to play. We want the funk on the jump, like on the loudspeakers. I'm waiting for that. It's like, that's going to be so exciting in SoFi Stadium. So there's, we've got opportunity guys here. Right. Um, that's a good point. Let's, that's a positive place to start. Um, speaking of training camp, outside of the running back position, I think the biggest question for at least me, and I'm extremely biased in this situation, but is replacing the former defensive signal caller and starting safety John Johnson, he's now with the Cleveland Browns, a fan favorite. Guys on the team loved him, coaches, fans, no question. He was one of the Rams secondary that was actually forced to make like real-time decisions. JJ, we all love him. But now we've got Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, Juju Cues. They're going to be stepping up. Do you see this position at all lagging? How do you see these guys kind of stepping up? Well, that's a great point. And yeah, I mean, the Browns did that to Troy Hill, who, as you guys know, he was just a, a magnet last year, opportunistic, scored a couple touchdowns. Um, but yeah, back to the safety position, though. I mean, I liked Rap coming out of college. Um, and I, in 19, I think his job was to just make tackles, you mm-hmm. know, maybe not necessarily take a lot of chances, but just be a stabilizer back there, make the smart football play. I think he had a hundred tackles that year. He was then great. He showed a lot. Issues. Yeah. Yeah. Then he ran into the injury issues, but I really did like uh, his potential that year. I think he does have a good football IQ. And then obviously, you know, they have other good players. Like you said, Fuller had three picks in 12 games last season. So two on Tom Brady, two on Tom Brady, <laughs> two on. Well, Possibly the GOAT. May as well get rid of the possibly tag. He's the GOAT. But, uh, but yeah, they have other opportunistic players. And I think that was the exciting thing when you look at the Rams secondary. Like, yes, like, as you said, Johnson, a fan favorite, and, and he should have been uh, a great, smart guy back there. And you need guys like that in, in your secondary, especially in today's game where passing is king. It's not my – I like a, I like a good running game, but that's going to go out the window a little bit. But um, I like the fact that that they have a group that can still turn the ball over. And there's a lot of upside there. We still don't know what, what Rap can do. We don't know his upside yet. Usually yeah. you're fours when you figure that stuff out. But in today's NFL where all the, all the teams are so tight because of the salary cap – you always look at the turnovers, right? You always look at the see who won the turnover ratio. The Rams can still do that, even with the losses in the secondary. So I'm still optimistic in the back end of their defense and their defense in general. When you have the league's best player, defensive tackle Aaron Donald, you're going to be a good defense. So <laughs> Right. It only drops a few points, but it really doesn't change anything. Right. When you go like green to red, for sure. Exactly. There's a lot of just things floating around, I think, heading into camp that we're excited to see formulate. I'm going to throw some things at you and then you can kind of show me what direction as an outsider perspective, what you're really keeping your eyes on. So Andrew Whitworth, who sustained a pretty bad injury, but he came back towards the end of the season. He's going to be 30. He is 39 years old. He's going to be 40 years old, but he's one of the best in the game. Uh, Obviously, we're looking at that offensive line for some cohesiveness now that you're protecting a Matthew Stafford. Um, Daryl Henderson, running back, who is likely going to step up and be the number one running back for the Rams with the recent news that Cam Akers is out. 
for some indefinite amount of time. Taylor Rapp, we just spoke about the secondary. Who's going to take that spot for JJ? Is it going to be a mix of guys? But Taylor Rapp was also coming back from injury. And then the big question just on the offensive line in general, who's going to play center? We still don't have a person for that. Austin Blythe now with the Chiefs, who was center um, for a few years, really showed what he had, a calming presence, I believe, um, on that line. But he's now gone, so who's going to step in for him? And then, of course, the big person to watch for them. I'm sure everyone's going to be watching Matthew Stafford, new quarterback in town, but obviously a veteran in the league and is the apple of Sean McVay's eye. So I just <laughs> wanted to throw a few names at you, a few positions. What's really catching your eye when you're looking at this Rams team? You know, what's funny is, is you know, I'm actually kind of looking at, at receiver because they lost Josh Reynolds, who I thought was a good part of their offense last year. And so they lose him. Uh, they, now, and this was a guy that I know a lot of Rams fans thought about last year, Van Jefferson. And I know McVay, I don't know if he was the apple in McVay's eye, but maybe the orange, maybe the grapes. But McVay did speak a lot about Van Jefferson. And he, the numbers didn't really pan out in the, during the season, but he didn't get a lot of opportunities, right? And I think for receivers, hey, Jerry Rice didn't have 1,000 yards way back in 1985 as a rookie. So I think that's a position unlike running back where it's hard to come in and be a productive guy right away. Because you're going against cornerbacks who are – great at what they do. I mean, cornerbacks like Jalen Ramsey, right? Like small names, no big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. No big deal, but I'm expecting big things from him this year. And I know Deshaun Jackson has had a couple of, of, of injuries, you know, years as of late, but in 18 for the fourth time in his career, he led the league in yards per reception. So when he's healthy, the dude can, can still get it done. And you look at, uh, you know, they drafted a couple other receivers. One guy that I did some research on was Tutu Otwell. Let's hear it. <laughs> Tutu Otwell, uh, he's exciting to me. Home run threat. He could turn a short pass into an 80-yard score. He did that against Miami. Actually, if there's anybody that's happy that Tutu Otwell's in the NFL, it's the Hurricanes. He had, I think, 14 catches for 256 yards and three touchdowns the last two times he faced them. I'm a huge fan of him. And he also did a lot in the jet sweep, stuff like that. Which we love. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. They can, yeah, exactly. So they can, they can use him in, in those situations. So, um, so I like, you know, again, they have arguably the best receiving duo in the league already. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Then they had Van Jefferson. They already, then Josh Reynolds. He went to the Titans. You bring in Deshaun Jackson to your point. Oh, hey, let's get another guy to do our Exactly. Exactly. And there's other wide receivers that have been drafted also. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think that's the thing that 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 McVeigh already early that the Rams have a really good scouting department. And I don't know if that's always been something that they've got enough credit for. And even before McVeigh, when they started to build this team, like uh, you know, I actually watched the all or nothing on the Rams in 2016 when you know, McVeigh wasn't even there yet. And you can already see, you could see at that time, the seeds starting to get planted. And then you have McVay come in and, and I love that they are every year they're going for it. Every year they swing for the fences when they traded for Jalen Ramsey. And you're always wondering when is it going to catch up to them? It never does because they're thinking two, three years ahead. So with these receivers, these guys, you know, like Van Jefferson, like, they drafted him with the understanding that, you know what, you might get the bus label early by some fans that might not be patient, but just wait. Because when a guy like Josh Reynolds leaves because we know we can't afford him, now you can ascend. Just like the running backs now with Cam Akers, they already have Jarrell Henderson. So, yes, it's a, it's a sucker punch when you lose a guy like that, but they've always got guys in the pipeline. 
that's why the Rams year in and year out are at least consistent, albeit maybe not going for a championship every year, but they're always in the mix because they think a couple of years down the line, you have to in today's NFL with all these salary cap restrictions. So yeah. receivers is a, is a position I love. Yeah, the offensive line, there are some question marks with center and with Whitworth now pushing 40. But I, I do like the depth that they have there. They were ranked third, I think, with pro football reference last year with the offensive line ranking. So they're good there. And again, you look at that defense when you have – and in my opinion, I actually grew up a Steelers fan. And I kept hearing it last year. T.J. Watt doesn't win defensive player of the year. It's rigged and all this. And I just kept imploring the Steeler fans I know, watch one Rams game. And that opinion's out the window. I've never seen a defensive player as good as Aaron Donald. And that, that might be prisoner of the moment. I think he might be the best defensive player that's ever lived. And, you know, it's funny because obviously Rams fans, they're watching day in and day out Aaron Donald in real form. But when you right. hear a guy like Jalen Ramsey talk about Aaron Donald, they're both on the same side of the ball. And for him to go, no, no, this guy's better. Like, he's very good. I mean, you don't even hear game respects game. Um, and he gets the respect around the league. I'm waiting for him to get an MVP, just period. I think he needs to score a touchdown maybe, but I'm sure that could happen. Like, I'm waiting for, for Sean to go, let's throw you in. Like, let's just get you at run. Maybe he'll be running back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that, that's a great, yeah, true. <laughs> maybe. That'd be scary. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a great point, though, because, I mean, I think Alan Page was the last defensive player. That was in 50 years. Oh, you know, we just saw the Bucks win their first title in 50 years. Maybe we'll see the next defensive player do it but and one thing I did want to say about Stafford though you know mm-hmm. it is it, interesting it's crazy in today's game where he's 33 in, in 1988 Joe Montana was 32 and they were already bringing in Steve Young to try to beat him out so it's just crazy how quarterbacks have aged now because of the protection the league now are trying to protect these guys and Stafford was you know obviously you know Lions fans know this he was hurt and had that back issue in 19 and there was a lot of concern whether or not he'd come back and do well he not only did well last year, he put up like career numbers last year and consider this. Kenny Galladay was out most of that year. His top receivers was a 30-year-old Marvin Jones, tight end TJ Hawkinson, and Danny Amendola, who's my age. So like, take that as you will. He threw for 4,100 yards last year, 26 touchdowns with that receiving core. And I think what Rams fans, and I'm sure that you know, obviously, you guys had all that rolling out with golf, which really works if he can get to the outside and teams, you know, that you can block on the corner. Now you're going to see an offense where the quarterback's going to be in the pocket a lot more. So I'm really curious to see what this offense looks like now where you're going to have a quarterback that's going to be between the hash marks. And the line may not have to be as good on the edges anymore if you don't have to roll out as much as you did in the past with golf. You're totally right. And uh, some of the reporters who covered the Rams were able to sit down with uh, Sean McVay and watch film. Uh, during the off season and just watch film on Matthew Stafford. And I mean, Sean's eyes light up and I'm obviously they're, they're handpicking, you know, certain plays, but to your point, watching Matthew Stafford in the pocket and not, and look so relaxed. I mean, you right. see the walls collapsing and this man still is able to see all of his options and make the right play. And it's just, it's going to be really exciting to watch. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm almost as excited as Sean McVay. I'm definitely not as excited as I should be. <laughs> it's going to be exciting to that point. Um, 
Other subplots, just want to throw some things out. Raheem Morris, he is the Rams' new DC. Brandon Staley, now the head coach of the Chargers, obviously did a spectacular job making the Rams a number one defense last season and, and said to be a natural hire for Sean McVay after Morris had an impressive showing as the Falcons' interim coach. Um, they also go way back together with their time at Washington. But I've heard it's harder to replace good coaches than players. And on this squad, you have the new DC, a new offensive line coach, a new special teams coordinator. Just to name a few. Um, how do you do? You think this will be an issue? I don't know. Maybe not. But just wanted to get your idea because there are some, you know, things that are staying put, like an Aaron Donald and a Jalen Ramsey. There's a new quarterback, but I think there are some things that are staying the same. But there are some changes at coaching for sure. And I would say this: I, I think if they had a different offensive coordinator, there'd be some cause for concern with a new quarterback. Now with Cam Akers being gone. That, I think, would be the, the concerning thing. But I don't know if it's necessarily that much on defense. And I think is defensively, in my, and at least in my opinion, I think it's more about complementing your scheme to the talent of your defensive players. Like, mm-hmm. like if you're going to ask – if you if Raheem Morris came in and asked Aaron Donald, I want you to shift a different way now or do something different, right. that wouldn't go well. Or if right. you say Jalen Ramsey, I want you to go over there now or I want you to go more on the slot – that's not going to work. And I think with, with Raheem Morris, he is so tenured. He's such a, a veteran coach, but not so veteran where he's going to be stuck in his ways. I think he's in that sweet spot. He's going to go in. He knows what he has. They were the number one defense last year. You sit down with Aaron Donald, sit down with your Jalen Ramsey, and you say, okay, what works? What do you think we can do better? Let's go from there. And I think that is the mentality that is kind of of Raheem Morris's MO. And I I don't like when the term players coach is used negatively. And I think that's a title that's been thrown a lot on Mike Tomlin, who actually knows Raheem Morris really well. I haven't listened to it yet, but he actually just went raved about Raheem Morris recently because him and and Sean McVay just did a podcast. Mike Tomlin, you get some good street cred from him. You're good in anyone's book in the NFL. Yeah, no no question. No question. You know, and, and Mike Tomlin's carved out a great career for himself in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I, I think that Raheem Morris is a player's coach, and I think that's a positive thing. He's going to listen to what the leaders tell him works, what doesn't work. And again, I think that the two things you need in the NFL now, you need to be able to rush the pass, which the Rams can do. They had 53 sacks last year. And I think Donald and, and, and Floyd, we talked about the receiving duo that you guys have, could be the best in the league. That might be the best pass rushing duo. Oh, in the so exciting to see those two complement each other. Yeah. Exactly. I know they lost Morgan Fox, but I think they've gotten some replacements in there, some reinforcements that are going to do the job and replace that loss there. Um, and they can they can still force turnovers. So if you can rush the passer, you can force turnovers. They were good on third down last year, which, again, is huge. They, they, there's nothing that's showing me they can't do those things anymore. Yeah. So I'm still very much in favor of this defense and what they can do. They know these court and, and hey, Seattle can't they still haven't proven me they can protect their quarterback. Um, I don't like Russell Wilson. That's why he wants to leave. He's like, hello, people. Now the Cardinals have JJ Watt. You're doing going against JJ Watt and I know it. Get me out of this division. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a murderer's row in terms of pass rushers. Yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. And Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, not the most mobile quarterback. No, any quarterback is like, Hello, Kate, where are we doing? I mean, Kyler Murray at least can move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can, yeah. I, I'm a, actually, I'm a, I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan. And, and, and really, that is the thing. And I, if we're going to go look at record, I have the Rams at 11 and six. I, I think that for them, they've got a lot of like tweener games. 
Because mm. I always, when I break down the schedule, I always have like the toughest pre-buy games, easiest ones, and tweeners. They've got a lot of tweeners. So so they could go between anywhere, I think, between 9 and 12 games, yeah. wins. And I have them at the 11 mark, which I think that'll, I think in the 17-game format, that you should be able to make the playoffs there. Yeah. Uh, the second half of their schedules, I think, a little bit harder. Um, I don't have either game against the Niners as a, I have those both as toss-up they games. They split them. They split the, Yeah. Right, but I think I think in this division in general, almost every game is is a toss up game. I think it's going to be a super competitive division, but I think the Rams are the best team in this yeah. division. You know, I think it's going to come down to them or Seattle. But again, they didn't. Seattle didn't. Obviously, they didn't. They only had what three draft picks, so there wasn't much they could do there. Um, I thought if they could have gotten Julio Jones, that would have been massive because I don't know if Julio Jones is a number two anymore on a Super Bowl team. Maybe. I thought Seattle would have been an amazing place for him. He didn't go there. Um, and they have questions at running back, too. Yeah. I mean, they're so lethal with DJ Metcalf. I mean, obviously watching Jalen Ramsey cover Metcalf, like, in both games, I mean, it was spectacular because I think Metcalf one game um, with their two games last season was targeted two times. I mean, it was, like, not even a question. I mean, he silenced arguably one of the best receivers who's a good jilly. He's like an Andrew Whitworth size. So, right. I mean, it, you know, just being <laughs> that, but yeah, that there would have been some more help on the offensive side of the ball for the Seahawks there. Well, that certainly makes me happy. And you know what else makes me happy? Your interview with Hall of Fame wideout Isaac. Bruce. Great perspective. Make sure you check it out on cbssports.com. Um, I love when former players they know that they still got it. And you were able to get this out of him. I'm going to read a quote from your interview. Bruce said, it may seem like a, a lot of arrogance to other people, but numbers don't lie. Everything we put on the football field, the film, it is what it is. You can always go back and turn it on. And when you asked him if he believes that him and Tory Holt were a better duo than Randy Moss and Chris Carter, two Hall of Fame receivers who played during the same era, his quick response, we won a Super Bowl. Right. Amazing. What What do you think of that? I'm a, I'm a results guy. Like, to me, and to me, and, and, and that's where I, me, I try to coach the guys. It's like, you know, do you want to be remembered? I mean, one day your records are going to fall. You know, your, your time's on the record boards and all that. But championships never go away. You're always a champion. And, and to me, that is why I would, I would give them that slight edge. Because, you know, Moss is considered – other than Rice, maybe the greatest receiver ever. Chris Carter, which I don't know if you remember, but like I looked it up last night. Why did it take him five or six years to make the Hall of Fame? That was shocking to me that Chris Carter took five or six years. But regardless, might be, have the best hands of all time. So individually, they might have the mantle as as the better duo. But if you're talking about just the production, mm-hmm. just the production, it's 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 Holt and it's it's Isaac Bruce because they won that Super Bowl. They have all of those Pro Bowls, but I think they had took they and they also played much longer together. They had yeah. much more of their prime together. Carter was kind of near the end with Moss, but I think Bruce and Holt combined for ten Pro Bowls during their time together, two Super Bowl trips, fourteen one thousand yard seasons, and they have the greatest show on turf. Like they got a brand name. <laughs> they have a brand name. Yeah, a thousand, a thousand percent. They have a brand name where you know Moss, Moss and Carter, and this is where I always go back to. You know, it is a team game, and so. But that being said, uh, their biggest disappointment was a year before the Rams won their ring in 98. They were 15 and one. They're in that playoff game against Atlanta. The game goes in overtime. The, the fight, Vikings got the ball first and they had to punt. So in that moment, if you really are that great of a duo, 
that's the moment where you shine. And then look at the Super Bowl a year later, a rookie, the game is 9-0, the Rams are struggling to score in the red zone, has a touchdown, and then the game's tied, and Isaac Bruce has the game winner. So to me, it's the moments. It's the moments when the game's on the line, you throw individual accolades out the window, Hall of Fame jackets out the window. What are you going to do with the game on the line? They won a Super Bowl. And so the only other duo that I would put, I would challenge them up with would be Swan and Stallworth. Okay. 70 Steelers because they have four Super Bowl championships together. Different era, obviously, but, uh, but they, but they don't have a nickname. They don't have a, they don't have the the greatest show on turf. So to me, I would put what, what Bruce and Holt did up with anybody. And uh, I think Holt needs to get in at some point. It's getting really hard for receivers to make the hall of fame. But his numbers speak for themselves. And to me, when I'm looking at a Hall of Fame, I'm looking at what you did against the rest of your foes. He has a numerous Pro Bowl selections. Um, he has the big moments winning that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and he's got the numbers. So to me, you know, holds a Hall of Famer. I just think it's a matter of when, not if. And I, I do think he will get in eventually. Quickly news from around the NFL. I want to get to quickly just, is Aaron Rodgers going to show up? Packers camp or is he going somewhere else? So I'm sure you, I'm, I'm assuming you, you watched the last dance last year. Yes. Like everybody else that had nothing else to do in quarantine. Yes. So uh, reportedly Rogers has called their GM, Jerry Krause. Okay. So that's, I think the situation is, is that obviously, and it's not, you know, earth shattering news to anybody, but there's obviously a rift between him and the general manager. And I think that he saw what, Tampa did for Tom Brady. And he's like, why aren't we doing that for me? Why aren't we going full bore? We're going to draft. We're going to use a first round pick either on Justin Jefferson or a great offensive tackle. And we're going to go for it. We just were in an NFC championship game. So I just think he's never let that go. And I think that there were years in, in the 2010s when they weren't winning and he may have not, he may have held his tongue. And I think now that's all just, that's just pent up rage. that's coming out now. Mike, I still, I still think he'll come back. I still think he's going to come back. I think he's made his point, but I think he's going to make the Packers sweat this one out as much as as he can. And I think when he comes back now, it's going to pretty much just be his heads in the sand. He's going to do it for his teammates. He's going to do it for Devontae Adams, who's also on his last year. And I think the team is with him on this. I think that there really is – a division between the players, I don't, not the coaches. I think him and LeFleur, is that how you say his name? I think yeah. I think they're okay. I think they're okay. It's the front office because you saw that in OTAs when there was the starting receivers out of solidarity also didn't show up. I think he's going to come back for his guys. He's going to come back for the fans. But I think this is the last dance. I think that after next year, it's over and he'll go somewhere else. If he wants to continue playing. I know he says he wants to do Jeopardy and other things, but – I think he'll come back for his players and their teammates and for the fans, but I don't see him coming back after this season. Or he goes to play for the White Sox um, minor league baseball team. For the yeah, or that. Which, <laughs> like, is that what No knock on MJ, but he might be able to do better than 202, you know, potentially. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. That would be a pretty interesting subplot, though. I do like him on Jeopardy. There's been a lot of different hoes, but he is a natural there. Um but to note this, Aaron Rodgers turned down a two-year extension offer from right. the Green Bay Packers this offseason, according to Adam Schefter. The deal would have tied the reigning MVP to the Packers uh, for five more seasons. He stays in Green Bay, and that made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football. So he's turned that down, but maybe plays one more year, takes some money, 
and then pieces out, rides into the sunset. So we'll we'll see. But I'm glad you say that because everyone's kind of like, Packers camp? What happens to Aaron Rodgers? Um, it is now time for my social segment. Now, this is really fun. The Indianapolis Colts owner, Jim Mercy, he bought an Elton John touring piano for just under a million dollars. $915,000. So, I wanted to get your perspective. If you had some Jeff Bezos money laying around, I would love to get some perspective from you on what item, or is there an item that you would want to buy that is in similar taste to a Elton John touring piano? I'm going to show you how boring I am. I I love practical cars. I'm a, I love Mazda. I'm a Mazda guy. I have like a 2013 Mazda 3. This is so pathetic because you just said I have Jeff Bezos money. I would buy a brand new Mazda 3. No questions asked. Hatchback or not, I don't know. And I wouldn't care if I could just do it. Again, I can't believe that's the first thing I'm going to. But I have a Mazda. I really like it. But it's it's got the smiley fish grill because I wasn't patient and waited another year to get the new model. I've been kind of kicking myself ever since. If you guys want to edit this out of the interview, I'm totally okay with that. Um, maybe buy a little, maybe I live in Columbus. We have, we don't have a sports franchise other than the blue jacket. So maybe I would buy that, but I would go to the local Mazda dealership and get a Mazda three is what I would do right away. It's either a new car or buy the blue jackets. One of the two. Either way, either way. Yeah. This, they're not that far off from each other. Right. That's, isn't that sad? That's the first thing I thought about. We'd just be doing that or maybe get another PlayStation five. Cause we only have one. We're rotating it. We, every time we want to watch it upstairs, I have to unplug it. These are all just little practical things. I, I haven't had, you know, maybe, maybe like five hours later, I'll be like, why didn't I do something a little more extravagant buy a casino or something? But that's just the first thing that came to my mind. I gave you an Elton John piano to start with. And you went with a, a new Mazda three. We're going to end with say what? Now, usually we play sound from a player or coach, but I wanted to end with things on a nice little tweet I'll read from Cam Akers. Again, shout out to Cam Akers and we wish him well, but he had tweeted Tuesday afternoon. I just want to thank any and every person sending prayers my way and wishing me well. I hate this happened, but I'm in great spirits. I understand God makes no mistakes. I'll be back better than ever in no time. I'm a soldier again. Thank you. We want to send you all the good vibes. Rest up, Cam. We will see you soon. And fans, we will see you soon, real soon. I want to remind fans that training camp is from July 28th to August 10th at UC Irvine. Fans, you can go to therams.com slash training camp to register for free tickets. Please note, registration is already closed for family day on Saturday, July 31st from UCI, but there's nine other practices to get your free tickets. So make sure you come show up. Brian, thank you. You're amazing. You're coming back already. I've signed you up. (laughs) Appreciate your time. No, hey, it was awesome. Thanks for having me on and uh, really already looking forward to the next time.